Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey everybody, how's it going? We're live now. So I just wanted to say hello to my friends Megla and Margaret who are here from India Sourcing Network. Hey ladies. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good early morning from Singapore. <laughs> Super early. Yeah. So we're going to hang out today and we're going to talk about, you know, all of us source from different areas of the world. And there's a lot going on today um, and upcoming and just kind of the state of affairs. And, um, you know, I just got back from ASGTG last week and Prosper before that. And we've had a lot of conversations about what's happening in different places. So um, I'm excited to talk to you guys about what's happening with on your side of the world, um, as well as just in your networks, what people are doing. And, um, and we'll talk, of course, about sourcing from India because we have to, because it's, yeah, duh. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, we'll just, we'll hang out and, and see what's going on. So everyone who's watching here on the live, if you would like to join us on uh, inside of the Zoom, you can go to sellerroundtable.com forward slash live, and you can join us in the Zoom. And uh, I'm going to hit the record button and we're going to start recording the podcast. So Without further ado, let's go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Amy Weiss, and Andy Arnott is out today. Uh, he's taking care of the kids, so he handled handled the podcast for me last week. I'm handling it for him this week, but we miss him because he's great. Uh, and we're here with my friends, uh, Megla and Margaret from India Sourcing Network, and we're on episode 120, nice round number of the Seller Roundtable. And we're going to talk about some really interesting things today. We just want to talk about kind of the state of affairs right now. There's some crazy stuff going on across the world. There's, there's just, you know, container shortages and like the last shipping prices were like $30,000 for a container or more. And, you know, China handles a lot of the raw materials. So no matter where you source from, it's crazy. We're going to talk about sourcing from different areas of the country. We're going to talk about what are private label sellers going to do when they run out of inevitably run out of inventory and can't afford more. When is all this stuff going to normalize? Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, how we're managing our businesses during this time. Um, and so it, it's going to be a great conversation with ladies with just a wealth of knowledge uh, from sourcing all over the, the world here. So uh, ladies, thank you so much for being here. And I would love to just start with, um, start with Megla and just a quick introduction. Tell everybody a little bit about your background and, and where you're from and, and oh, however much you want to tell us. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot, Amy, for inviting us. So um, my background is basically in the sourcing industry. I've been working in sourcing for over 20 years. I started way back in the year 2000 in India. Then I moved to the Philippines. Um, I lived and worked in China for almost 10 years. And currently I'm in Singapore. And um, most of my career, I've, woke, I've worked for um, B2B sourcing platform called Global Sources. And um, about three years ago, I started my own venture trying to help Amazon and e-commerce sellers source products from India. And um, I started India Sourcing Trip, which was basically an eight-day trip to take Amazon sellers to India to source products. 
And uh, of course, we couldn't do the trip in 2020, so we had to kind of pivot and uh, we started helping sellers source virtually. So then I joined forces with Margaret and her partner, Kevin, and the three of us launched India Sourcing Network um, earlier this year. And then last year, we also were doing virtual India Sourcing Show, where we were inviting um, manufacturers from India to do live webinars inside of our group. And we've recently launched, launched a, a workshop as well to help people source from India. So yeah, pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> that is awesome. And you know, I met, I met you in China at Global Sources in person for the first time. And you know, you're just a wealth of knowledge. And, um, and I was so stoked to go to India with you and then, and then COVID, what happened, right? That's what we all said. And then COVID, we've all said that. It's crazy. So um, great to have you here, Megla. Thanks so much for being here. And, and Margaret, um, tell everybody a little bit about you. Yeah, well, thanks for having us, Amy. It's lovely to be here. Um, yeah, well, I, I suppose started, uh, all my career, I've worked in managed businesses. We've owned businesses, so I've sort of had a, a pretty sort of... Um, you know, business orientated career. But in 2017, we decided we started looking at doing some selling on Amazon and um, started off with China, of course. And we we're on our way to Canton to find some more products after oh, in October of that year. And we actually stopped off in Hong Kong and found a really, really great Indian supplier at the uh, one of the fairs there. And look, the rest was history. We just went, we got to Canton and we went what are we looking for here we found our products we're, we're not you know going to really look so we spent a couple of days just moseying around Canton and went sightseeing for the rest of the week and um, started sourcing from India so we've actually sold out of our China products and started developing products from India and to this day I'm still got the same supplier and um, we've sort of moved forward with that but you know in the meantime of course we met Megla because we we're sourcing from India somebody um contact put us in contact with Megla and she said come on our trip which was the trip of a lifetime people you have got to get on the next trip I mean people say how good is it but until you've done it I can't even explain it I've never had even a holiday that's been that well organized with the queen of organizing herself Megla <laughs> she was it was just unreal the trip um, and look we still talk about it, and it's funny you know most of the people on that trip we still speak to regularly we message each other for our birthdays we're still we've formed a little family I think um, so yeah and from there of course well you know the next trip was booked and paid for and we were all heading off and we got cancelled so we started doing our viz shows and we've just you know, what else can we do? Because it's, you know, we thought, oh, we'll be going in April, we'll be going, you know, and it's just going on. So you've just got to keep pivoting. And I think, you know, we've done well and um, got the India Sourcing Network going. And hopefully, you know, it's not as good as going to India, but um, it's a way for people to find products and, and move on. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, going to India next year, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers are crossed. They are. I know, you know, people have been reaching out to me and because the Canton Fair, you know, I have a, the, a little China trip. It's not a big China trip, but a little one. And um, people have been reaching out and saying, Amy, are you are you going? And uh, because the Canton Fair just recently said that they were going to do it in person. And I wrote an article for Artie Express because, you know, people were asking questions like, who's going and how do you? And the the I think what we didn't expect is that um, when Canton Fair announced, okay, they were gonna do it in person, right? This time, I think we, that was right before we had the peak again of COVID numbers going back up again. And so, you know, I think they announced that and then everything kind of locked down. So 
but there's there's a lot of restrictions. It's very hard. You would have to add four, at least 14 days onto the front end of your trip for you know quarantine rules and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's really no guarantee, like you have to have a specific vaccine that's approved by China. Um, and then on the back end, there's some other kind of requirements too. There's no guarantee you could get out. Right. You know, it's just <laughs> so we were like, no, I, I mean, if you want to go, here's the information on what you could do, but, uh, we won't be chartering a trip there. No. So how is it in India right now? Is it, um, I know that the numbers were kind of climbing recently and, um, and they were kind of hitting their peak after us. Right. So how is it going in India right now with the COVID situation? Well, it is improving a little bit as of Mm. now. And a couple of months ago was pretty bad. Numbers were very high. And, um, you know, it was was a lot of people were being affected and there were lockdowns and everything. But now things are sort of improving. In fact, in Delhi, they've announced that they're going to be reopening schools uh, later this month. So that's a really good sign after almost a year or maybe a year and a half, <laughs> you know, schools are going to reopen in Delhi. So that's a good sign. And um, the the um, organizers of the Delhi fair, which is the main export focused fair that we visit during the trip, they have recently just a couple of days ago announced that they're hosting the physical in-person fair in October. Um, again, I don't think too many people are going to be coming in from overseas, like in at Canton Fair, they're also expecting mostly domestic people to come yeah. to the fair. Yeah, I think so the same for the Delhi Fair as well. They're probably expecting maybe if there are um, sourcing agents that represent buyers or maybe, you know, some of the companies there have their own buying offices, so their representatives. So it's going to be mostly domestic uh, and local people attending the fairs. But I think that's a really good sign that, you know, these fairs are happening. Canton Fair, Delhi Fair, Global Sources is also hosting their fair in uh, Hong Kong in October. They usually do three fairs, but they've now compressed all of the three into one. So they're just doing, you know, one small fair. So, yeah, hopefully this is a sign of good things to come (laughs) next year. Yeah, and I, I love that you pointed that out because I think also in the U.S., you know, things are starting to open back up again as well. I mean, I know we also had a trip planned to the Las Vegas Licensing Expo and it kept getting moved and kept getting moved. And, and then same thing, traffic and conversions. A lot of people had tickets to that and that kept getting moved. And now they're actually hosting and, and holding these these conferences. So um, it's it is still it is still uh, a concern, right? You've got a big group of people and a very contagious virus right now. Um, so you know, I know a, a lot of us went to Prosper and, and got COVID, myself included. Uh, luckily, it, there weren't too many major cases. Like there, you know, nobody was um, you know massively hospitalized or, or death, as far as like I know, right? But um, but it's still a concern, you know, it's, it's still, we still need to be careful and, uh, but it's a promising, um, thing. I think that, like you said, for domestically, uh, things are starting to open back up and, um, and people are, are getting out and they're, they're going and they're meeting. And, um, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed the events, getting back out to some of the events again. It's been a nice time. Also, in terms of manufacturing, you know, we found that there hasn't been too much disruption this year for manufacturing. Of course, you know, factories had to be closed down in case there were there was a case over there or in case some cities were in lockdown, the factories had to be shut down entirely. 
But overall, what we found is that um, this year suppliers were kind of keeping their factories open, but they were, you know, following all the different types of procedures and safe distancing and, and all of those things. Whereas last year, when there was a lockdown, there was a complete lockdown, like all factories were completely shut down and the whole country shut down for like almost a month. But this time, the government has been a bit more cautious about, um, you know, announcing like a nationwide complete lockdown. So they've allowed industries and offices to function. Um, and so we found that most people, there have been delays in terms of the orders that people were expecting, but there haven't been... Um, you know, significant factory shutdowns. That what that's what we found. And Margaret, you can maybe talk about your own factory. Yeah. You know, what, well, what I think at all? no. Look, not in this year. But I think back in May they had uh, like a bit of a time where a lot of the workers had gone back to the villages. But um, I was speaking to my supplier uh, last Thursday, and um, it's probably I've, I've got an order ready for Christmas, and it's well, hopefully it's going to leave today or tomorrow. Um, but uh, he said, like, they've probably, they've struggled a little bit to just keep up because, and of course, you know, they've been getting busier because, you know, we've been sort of directing a lot of work over there as well. And I think so, you know, it's sort of given them a bit of a business boost as well because, we've, you know, people are, are now finding India and moving to India as well. But, um, you know, he said he's been frantically busy and it's really good. And at the moment, I mean, look, I can't complain for what they've been through to have my order ready now. Um, I'm quite happy because, you know, I mean, I would have thought at the earliest it would have been, you know, mid-August anyway. So, yeah, no, pretty good, I think. I think in terms of, you know, suppliers in, in China, it's similar. A lot of, a lot of workers did not come back. Um, there's a lot of evolution that's happening in China in terms of factories selling their own products. And so, you know, it's it's changed a lot in terms of priorities, I think, for some of the factories, but then also just the increase overall globally in um, purchases and people getting into e-commerce and, and all of that has really increased the workload um, of a lot of folks in China. But what I would love to ask, and, you know, I'll, I'll ask this to Margaret, since you're, you know, kind of working through some shipments right now, um, how, I know we're being really impacted by the increased, uh, there's container shortage and the increased shipping crisis from China, which seem to be controlled by the shippers, like they're kind of able to set their own prices. Um, so how are, how are you being impacted in India? Is it the same or are shipping? Not, not anywhere near as, as high as shipping, like the container costs I've heard, you know, as you said before, like China's like, you know, 30,000, I think at the moment, India is more like 10, 12,000 a container. But I mean, that still is, you know, a huge increase. And like, I actually, because I, I get people to send me their quotes and look at the costs. And I mean, just for people's interest, just the shipping component part, I think the cubic metre rate went from like, mine was $57 a cubic metre 12 months ago. And it's now the last time I looked, it was 260. And there's a new increase due again oh, today. Wow. So it is, you know, like, it's a pretty bit, I mean, that's only the shipping component. It's not all the other add-ons. So it doesn't mean it's going to be that you know, times that, but it's still a big, big increase. And we know every fortnight they um, get a shipping increase. But I mean, I think it's still, the shipping lines are owned really by the same companies worldwide. So I think if they're going to prospect, but I know actually was on a call with somebody last night and they said, oh, well, should we wait? Do you think the prices will go down? And I went, yeah, I'll just get out my crystal ball. I mean, we're hoping that maybe India, because we don't have the Chinese New Year, rush and all that that once 
they get the backlog of the Christmas, you know, shipping done that maybe India's prices might come down in the new year. And I'm hoping because I've just got another order that's ready. And I said to him, don't have it ready till January, please. I'm not paying for it in December. So you're hoping, because I was just going to ask that to you ladies, is in terms of, you know, shipping supposedly is supposed to, to normalize in 18 to 24 months. Um, oh, globally, right? So mm. that, that gives us some idea, like we're going to be in this situation for about two years. And mm. so, you know, when we look at, I know at least the folks that, that I know and myself included, we're ordering a little bit more inventory. Um, I got, I try to get my stuff out in August. I've still got one thing that left, I think this week and uh, my shipping costs were, was like six grand for 2000 units, um, which normally it's like two grand uh, for just mm. for shipping. So, I yeah. mean, for me to take up a part of a container, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like $24,000, but still, you know, it's, it's definitely increased. And uh, the way I was able to get a lower rate was to go through the supplier, because I think they already have re reservations on some of these, um, uh, in some of these containers already. So we, I was able to get a lower rate that way. But the question is, you know, what are you, what are you seeing people doing? Are they thinking about raising their prices? Do we think there's space to raise prices or do you think they're just going to sell out? And if they can't source again, like if they can't restock for a reasonable price, um, do you think they'll raise their prices then? Or do you think they'll not? I mean, I was talking to my, my buddy Carlos the other day and he said, you know, some of my brands, I'm, I'm stocking them up right now. I've got a lot of inventory, but when that inventory runs out, if I, if shipping doesn't normalize, I'm not going to, I don't think the market's going to take an, necessarily an increase in price. I'm just going to let it sell out and I'm going to move a lot of my, I'm going to start uh, sourcing a lot of new products, uh, kind of building out brands in a different way and sourcing new products from the U S and Latin America. So, you know, trying to stay local so that you don't have a lot of shipping costs, right? But um, that's not easy either. You know, you have to completely change your, your, uh, your, your brand, your, your focus in your products. There's a lot of things that you can get in the US, for example, but, you know, you need to switch to like food products and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So what are you seeing across the border? Are you guys seeing people are planning on raising their prices? Do we not really know? Look, <clears throat> Megla, do you want to go with that or? No, you go ahead, Mark. Um, yeah, no, well, look, I think, well, personally, I mean, when I look at it, my sort of, if my quote comes in at what I'm thinking it's going to be, I'm probably up for, on average, I mean, over all my products, probably about $4 a product. I mean, some I could probably sustain the 2 or $3 price increase, but some, you know, you've got to look at each niche and go, you know, who's my competition? Um, you know, can that, is that sustainable? Can I do it or not? But, I mean, I'm hoping that a few more people put their price up, but... Um, I just I found in one of my niches that everyone's got like a price war happening and some people like I've got a product that I sell for $49.95 and there's been people selling for you know $48 we're all we're around the same price some of them are selling for $28.95 and I'm going why what is going on here like to me I don't understand that theory I mean they are Chinese suppliers I've gone and investigated so it seems to be whether they're trying to get rid of the other people who you know, they've got cheaper shipping rates. I, I don't understand it at all in that, you know, in those niches. So I think it just depends what niche you're in, whether your niche can 
stand, you know, maybe a dollar. I said to someone the other day, maybe put it up a dollar next month and try a dollar the next month and try a dollar the next month and see if that slow price crease can happen. But I actually, I had a product last year that I ran out of stock at this time. So I just air freighted in a small shipment and, of course, it was an extra $5 a product. So I just thought, oh, I'm still going to run out of stock the way it's going because it was sort of going quite well. So I put my price up $5 and my price is still up $5 today because it really didn't affect you know, I mean, it may have, maybe I'd have sold more, but hey, I don't care. I'm making $5 extra. It's pretty easy money. So, um, yeah. you know, you don't know until you try it. I think that's, you know. I think that's to... great advice. And I think the other thing that people should be thinking about is, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who keep their price low and run out of stock. Yeah, and exactly. aren't going to be able to replenish <laughs> with the same reliability and the same price. So, you know, just like when I used to do reselling and retail arbitrage, you kind of can play the game. You can let the, the, the special folks kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of run out of, of stock and then you can, um, you can raise your price and be the only one selling, you know, and I'm not saying to gouge people, you know, but you can utilize some of those tactics, raise your price a little bit. Like Margaret's saying, you never know, raise it a dollar here, raise it a dollar here and see see what happens, right? See if it's still selling. And then when other people in your market run out of stock because they're selling at these rock bottom prices, you're the only one, the only game left in town and you're selling mm -hmm. like great at great prices. I think, you know, overall prices are gonna go up. Like if we look at uh, Ashley Furniture is one of the uh, largest importers in the US of furniture, right? And um, they're one of the biggest movers of container and containers and furniture has already gone up like double, three times. So it's like across the board, most goods, the prices are gonna go up. So I would encourage people um, to not necessarily pay attention to that factory who isn't making any money. And it was like, you know, remember a consumer, as long as they, as long as it's not outrageous, right? And then they're seeing the value for what they're paying, they will usually pay more and they'll actually perceive your, your brand and your product at a higher value simply because of the price and the presentation of it. So I love that tactic. I think it's really smart to not be afraid to just try it, right? Yeah, no, well, I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, everybody's in the same boat, right? I mean, everybody is experiencing the same type of shipping cost increases. So um, ultimately, you know, it has to maybe be passed on to the consumer or you have to kind of discontinue the product altogether. And uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of people are also reviewing their products to see, you know, where they can maybe um, how they can reduce the production cost over all of the products. So I'm also seeing, you know, companies talking to their suppliers and trying to figure out, okay, can we make this, you know, smaller? Can we reduce the, you know, width of the wood, for example, over here? So I see a lot of people kind of talking to their suppliers to try to come up with ways to reduce the overall production cost. Because yes, the shipping component, we can't control, but we can control the production costs. So, you know, that's what, that's something that you could consider as well. Just talk to your supplier and see if there is a way to maybe use a different material or change the functions, features of your product to kind of get a lower price. And not to mention, such a great point, Meg Love. And yeah. not to mention also um, changing your packaging dimensions or the way that your product collapses down, uh, that can save you a lot of money. We, we have a product that we just folded it differently. 
it's a foldable product and we folded it differently and the packaging, it reduced us and it saves us $10 in Amazon fees per product. So it's like, geez, that made a huge difference. Like really brought our margins up and, and here all we did was just try to fold it differently and, you know, put it in a poly bag a different way where we used to roll it and it was like really long and that, you know, put us in a different category. So uh, yeah, it's, it, there's lots of things that you can do and we should be looking at where can we move the needle? You know, maybe we need to focus in on our advertising in a different way. Maybe we need to reduce the cost of production. Maybe we could move, you know, so it, moving production to India, for example, is, is a great uh, opportunity. Sometimes in other countries, you, you know, in China, often you have to order larger quantities because it's bigger factories, stuff like that. And what I love, you know, I've been um, trying to move some of my stuff to Latin America. I was talking to a factory in Mexico today. Um, and I was first of all surprised that I could even find it, but um, in Mexico what or Latin America, often the problem that people have is that uh, these factories aren't, they're not China, right? So they can only order in smaller quantities um, but production is very fast and it can be in the U.S. in like two to three days after production, right? So it, you can really, you can order smaller quantities. It's perfect for micro brands, perfect for people that don't want to have to order 6,000 units and leave it sit there, right? So how is it in India? Can we order smaller quantities across the board? And, um, and, and how is that going for shipping? Is it, are, are we able to maybe, if we can find the same or similar product in India, can we reduce costs that way? Thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.